Thank you for listening to Wellness 101. My name is James. I'm sitting here with Dr. Downs. Uh, good afternoon, James. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty doggone good. Uh, last week, I think we had a discussion privately about maybe talking a little bit about osteoporosis. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. And I want to cover just some of the basic details on this little short program and then go into more details with more of the exotic ingredients on the second phase. Sounds good to me. So the everybody that goes to a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, especially females, is going to have a bone scan eventually. Yeah, oh, They're yeah. going to be told that they either have osteopenia, which is the early stages of osteoporosis based on the calibration of the unit that's being used to test them, mm-hmm. or they have actual osteoporosis. It is so common now to have mm-hmm. that type of diagnosis. And I'll only do a side note on this that a friend of mine in, uh, here in New Mexico, years ago, uh, when I was actually practicing way back when, mm-hmm. he got an osteoporosis screening unit at the same time and the same brand that I did at the same time. Oh, wow. And so he got rid of his after about a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept ours for a longer period of time. But of course, then I retired. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he said that it didn't do him any good because his primary patient load mm-hmm. was Native Americans. Oh. And he found it very, very difficult to find any Native Americans in the location that he was at sure. from the tribal area mm-hmm. to have osteoporosis. Oh, wow. So Why is that? Well, there was an interesting story he hmm. told. He, he, basically, their food and their level of exercise on the reservation. Sure. And the some of the things he told me was very interesting, and I want to cover that eventually. But I just oh, thought okay. it was well, that's really one of those little side yeah. notes that I thought was very interesting. Well, we'll earmark that. We, we will <laughs> definitely earmark that. Well, so you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And they do the diagnostics until you have the problem and you need some type of mineral. Well, if you look at most mineral products on the market, okay. they will either be uh, rarely an orotate, sometimes carbonates. Mm-hmm. In the old days, it used to be uh, oyster shell calcium, but that usually went away from the market because of lead content. Oh, yeah. No and uh, citric acid-based materials. Uh, there are uh, phosphates and there's lactates and gluconates in all different forms. Oh, wow. So the interesting thing about all the different forms of calcium, that each one has a different elemental equation associated with how well it's absorbed. For example, you might get a citrate, which would be absorbed at, say, 23 to 30%, depending on the brand. Yeah. A carbonate, you'd have 40% available of calcium, but it also can be very constipating because it's chalky. Oh, yeah, so yeah, each yeah. one is absorbed either very well are not so well, but it's more important to look at the elemental conversion from the weight of the mineral. Mm. That means all minerals, but we're talking about calcium right now. So that if you look at the weight, you have to know the ingredient used, expressed on the label, Mm -hmm. then translate that to actual how much calcium is going to be available to the tissues. Now, one of the things we've used for years, what, 20, 25 years even, is a fortified calcium product called Fortical. Yeah, that's one of our top And uh, it is uh, citric acid-based, but it takes, oh, about 3,000-plus milligrams 
well, 3,400, 3,477 mm-hmm. milligrams to give you, by weight, using multiple sources of calcium, to give you 1,200 milligrams of actual available calcium. Oh, wow. So when you look on the label of this mm-hmm. fortified calcium product called FortiCal, you will look at every single mineral from calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, manganese. It has all the cofactors, C and bioflavonoids, a little touch of D, proline, mm-hmm. copper, lysine. And I think boron is extremely important and a little bit of glutamic acid, but it's pH adjusted around 5.8. The minerals are then converted to in a citric acid base, which makes them very well absorbed. But you can see if you have to have by weight 3,477 milligrams by weight to get 1,200, then if you buy something that says 1,000 on the label without you knowing the conversion ratio and you have something that uh, has truth in labeling, then you don't have the slightest idea really what you're getting. Oh, no. So yeah, a thousand isn't a thousand. It's, no, it's what not. is the form it's in and how it is converted, for example, is more important. Uh, so we've been using this particular formula, which is citric acid based, mm-hmm. uh, which also minimizes the risk of kidney stones and things like that, but it's extremely well absorbed and extremely well tolerated. And the normal dosage for osteoporosis, for example, instead of one big giant horse pill, it is better to take them one per meal and one before bed, or at the least two twice daily. Yeah. Because the body can handle about five or 600 milligrams at any one given time. But if you overload it, then a lot of it will go down the drain. Now, I've taken that one. I notice when I take two, it relaxes me. It does. (laughs) It's very relaxing. It's very, very well absorbed. Mm -hmm. And it's designed basically to break down in the stomach appropriately over a long period of time. It's not meant for an instant breakdown. And that's good in this case. Yeah, you want to Mm. slowly get it into your system over a period of time. So we've been using uh, FortiCal for 20, 25 years with a large number of patients. And it's one of the... uh, uh, most popular formula because it doesn't bother anybody. Yep, to yep. my knowledge, we've had there's no complaints on it. On the tablet size is very very easy, easy to swallow, mm-hmm. and yep. it's it's the basis for treatment of the osteoporosis risk. Mm. Now the other point is that there's just enough vitamin D in there to facilitate existing minerals in the formula itself. Okay. Now for years and years and years, going way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, vitamin D was uh, frowned on, to be oh, honest. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because they said it would cause all kind of this problem and that problem, you'd overdose on it and cause serious problems. Sure. Well, now they know, of course, there's a serious problem with vitamin D deficiency, and doctors will tell you it's in a very important factor that you need to look at in every single case where there's osteopenia or if you're going to prevent it even from getting there, mm-hmm. or osteoporosis. And I will tell you that when you do a good blood test, the normal ranges are usually 30 to 100. Yep. And so some doctors, if you've got 35, they'll ignore it. The key on this is to understand that you have a body of scientific evidence to suggest that more toward the midline is more important rather than too high or too low. Mm. So if you do a blood test and you're in the low ranges, think that you really need to get a float of vitamin D levels between 50 and 80, more appropriately around 70, so it's never too much and never too little. Hmm. And when you get the test done, you can take your vitamin D, and one of our favorites, of course, is the DNS vitamin D complex, which does have all the associated ingredients Mm -hmm. necessary for absorption, simulation, and utilization of that. It has a little magnesium and zinc, 
and boron, a little K and a little bit of vitamin A in it, just enough to facilitate the uptake of the vitamin D. So it's been a very successful vitamin D formula. It really has, yeah. But you need to test yourself, and then you need to retest yourself yep. in about three or four months, more appropriately, maybe three months. Uh, but some authorities are pushing it to four months okay. for retesting. And then the dosage you choose in the beginning can be either taken up or down, yep. depending on how close you are to that number 70 range. Okay. So you never get too much and never too little. It's one of those we got to keep an eye on. you got to keep an eye on mm-hmm. it until you get it stabilized. So you could titrate the dosage up a little bit or down a little bit until you get that magic number, okay. which is a float between... 50 and 80. Again, there's other authorities that like it above 80. Sure. But a nice safe float for the average person is around 70. Because there, you know, you might go out and get more sunlight in the summer, right? And that would yeah. raise it, wouldn't it? Well, it's interesting too about sunlight, <laughs> which is extremely important. Mm-hmm. But when you're older, like I am, mm-hmm. you want to limit your sun exposure because of skin issues, sure. which can cause you some problems. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, when you're using detergent-based soaps to keep yourself squeaky clean, uh-huh. You probably don't remember the old, old, old ivory soap that we used when we were younger. Is it the one that burned? Uh, they will no. They will <laughs> okay. leave a bathtub ring. It'll leave oh, okay. scum. Well, when you use that type of soap, yeah, which leaves the bathtub ring, it mm-hmm. won't strip the oils off your skin. Oh, it does. When you use soap huh. that makes you squeaky clean, it's going to eradicate the oils on your skin, which is necessary for the conversion of sunlight into vitamin D components. Oh, okay. So the the cleanliness we're having can be a problem. Maybe that's why so many people are low these days. This is a real <laughs> problem, huh. and the fear of the sunlight, of course, is a well, problem. But you can't absorb it if you don't have the oils on your skin. We keep sense. ourselves squeaky clean with detergent soaps. It minimizes the probability of absorption of vitamin D just for that reason only. Ah, So now we have two things. We have a good mineral formula, which is Fortical, Mm -hmm. average of two twice daily or one four times daily for absorption. Then we add to that a good titrated dosage of vitamin D. Now we have stage two of the protocol. Let's take it to the next stage. Okay. When you get a little older, Mm -hmm. the amount of collagen that the average person consumes which used to be, way back when, very large because people would eat chicken soup and things like that. Sure. But now, of course, if you get a can of chicken soup and buy it at the grocery store, it's thickened with carrageenan mm. instead of having a good basis of the collagen-based material available. Oh, so I collagen, I think, is critically important because calcium needs collagen to be held in the matrix of the bone properly. Oh. So this is why that on a regular basis I take, personally... We have the vitamin D at home. We have the Fortical for my wife at home. Mm-hmm. And we also have hydrolyzed collagen, which I personally take at one or two scoops every day, which gives me an average about 12 grams of good hydro- hydrolyzed collagen, which basically gives me the raw material necessary to hold the minerals in the bone properly. Wow. And in about four to six weeks, you notice that I don't have any aches and pains in my joints. I just don't have them. <laughs> That's good. And I do attribute that to not only the hydrolyzed collagen, but also because I take the anti-inflammatory formula inflammatory defense if I go out and hurt myself in sure. the yard, yeah, <laughs> which I'm capable of doing, hurting myself. But hydrolyzed collagen is something mm-hmm. everybody should look at yeah. very, very closely from a food factor standpoint. 
I think we use the NeoCell, which isn't very expensive. NeoCell um, is very, yeah, that's what I take. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it, I've, I've used it for years in, um, I mix mine in oatmeal. Is that all right? <laughs> well, that works fine. It doesn't matter what you mix it. I mix it with my I greens first and I'm done. Okay, okay. And it, uh, just stir it up and let her set for a while and then I just drink that stuff down. It's tasteless for all it, intents and purposes. Yeah, I haven't noticed the flavor at all. And if you take two scoops a day, they give you 12 grams, which is the Jeez. recommended dosage, okay. which helps you build good tissue. Because your tissue is the same as, it's collagen-based. Yeah, yeah. You, if you don't have collagen, you'd fall apart. Oh, that makes, well. So it's, it's in hair, skin, nails, it's everywhere, and bone. So it's required for everything. In the old days, we got it mainly from diet, mm-hmm. but that's not true as much anymore. Oh, yeah. Now, it would also bring you another tension. We take the collagen. Let's take it to food factors. Okay. And we know that, for example... That if you take an egg, mm-hmm. just a plain egg from your refrigerator, put it in a pint jar, f- cover it with uh, white vinegar, for example, mm-hmm. then you let it set for a while that you'll see some ugly residual in the bottom of the jar, mm-hmm. and then you reach down after a period of time and you can pick up a sack because the acetic acid in the vinegar will have reacted with the carbonates, <laughs> mineral carbonates, which then causes a new chemical to be formed called calcium or mineral acetates in general. Oh, wow. So vinegar is something very important. If you look back historically, mm-hmm. vinegar was used to preserve everything to fermented foods, and people used lots of vinegar in everything. From coleslaw, you'd add it to this, you'd add it to that, you'd use dill pickle juice, which is vinegar-based, mm-hmm. for potato salad, for example. So vinegar was really big back then, but the mineral acetates are extremely important because what it is is the vinegar reacts with it and gives you a good bioavailable form of multi-minerals that you get out of the food that you eat. So it becomes part of the food chain. It's kind of like an activator, huh? Yes, and so if you have vinegar with your diet, vinegar is going to be very helpful to give you the minerals necessary for good bone formation. It's not a cure-all, but it's one more added step that you can take from a food factor standpoint. I love vinegar. That's an easy thing to do. Now, (laughs) the other thing that we have been using for, what, 30, 40 years, is the old school chicken and bone soup. Mm -hmm. And we certainly recommend that if you have a good family recipe from chicken soup or how to make old bone broth, then you should use it. And the ratio is basically fairly simple. It's three pounds of chicken or three pounds of bone with three quarts of water to which you have added a nice slurry for minerals, of course, uh, some chopped carrots and onions and garlic and celery for those minerals, Mm. and then you just cook it and cook it and cook it. Now, you know if you fix it, you have to move the scum for the first hour or so. (laughs) And then usually after about an hour, you can remove the meat from the carcasses and then refrigerate that, and then let it cook for several more hours. Oh, wow. I know some people that will start cooking it in the evening, use that hour to cook it, remove the meat, refrigerate, and then they'll let it cook in a slow cooker all night long for hours. Wow. The end result is, by using herbs and spices for antioxidants and flavor, and garlic and onions and all those things, you're getting a slurry of not only good quality minerals, which is cooked out of the carcass, but you're also getting the collagen-based material because you know that once you remove all that stuff and you strain it, remove the fat, 
refrigerated, it turns into gelatin. Yeah, I've seen that before. So the gelatin yeah. is what you want to consume. <laughs> okay. So we have many older patients, for example, that will make at least three quarts a week. Wow. And then they freeze the broth. They'll use it for soups, stews, to cook their green beans in mm-hmm. or whatever. So they consume maybe three quarts of a gelatinous liquid that is composed of all those molecules from collagen and all the minerals that is absorbed from not only the vegetables, but from the chicken itself, or in the case of bone, the same thing. Wow. So now you're getting a mineral-rich thing. This is an old-fashioned concept, Mm -hmm. but it does work and doesn't hurt anybody, but it provides you with the raw materials to build good quality tissue. So if you're thinking about osteopenia or osteoporosis, you not only think of the minerals, like Fortical, you think of the vitamin D to get it averaged Mm -hmm. out at about 70, and you're thinking about collagen molecules, which makes your joints feel better anyway, but then you marry that with all the trace elements and the collagen factors that you get out of cooking meat and or bone. A lot of people just take cut up bones, good grass-fed beef bones, and do the same thing. Cook it for hours, even 24 hours. To, and use a little vinegar when you cook it in the cooker. And it will then react with the bone. And you get all those nutrients from bone, which will turn collagenous. Sure, yeah. And you can consume them. So you can use a combination of chicken. You can use turkey. You can use beef bones. So the end result's like a beef broth? Yes, but it's okay. gelatinous. But more gelatinous. Okay. And you could cook anything Can you with make that. it into like a gravy? You can make it with gravy. Okay. You can make gravy from it because it tastes good. I imagine, yeah. Because you remember <laughs> when you're cooking this stuff, you want it to have the onion, the garlic, the vegetable flavor, and the herbs. And all that gets cooked down. Yes. Yeah. And yep. so you get a concentrated flavor. So if you cook green beans, it's going to taste great green beans. Sure. If you're using it for gravy, you can use it for gravy. Okay. You can use it for soups and stews as your basis. And then add your other vegetables to them and cook them down. Oh, wow. So the, the, the average consumption of some of my best patients in the past mm-hmm. was three quarts a week. Wow. And they would use it to cook everything in, and then they would make a new batch every weekend. I have a lady, one of your ex-patients, actually. Uh, she's still doing that, she told me. About for years. Two weeks ago, she said she does that every week for her and her daughter. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is what I've got hundreds and hundreds of patients over the past mm-hmm. that do this consistently because it can be very simple. Sure. Yeah. And that's what you want, something very simple and something very tasty. This is why I recommend the onions, the garlic, and all that stuff is added to it. Now, you're going to throw all that stuff away because you're going to cook it to death. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you want all those nutrients cooked out of it, the cellulose broken down, and you're going to throw away all the yucky stuff into that nice, clear, fat-free broth. Then you can use it for anything after that because it's extremely well-flavored and highly concentrated. Three quarts a week. How long long does it keep? Uh, It'll keep um, four or five months in the freezer. Wow, okay. So this is why they have bags of it, Ziploc bags of it. Yeah. They keep it and store it so they never run out, and they use it to cook anything and everything they choose. If you're going to cook lima beans, for example, Mm -hmm. you simmer them for a period of time in the broth. There's nothing you can't cook in it using the broth as a base instead of water. And recooking it doesn't uh, denature no, it in any way. Okay, no, that's no. cool. You, right uh, you're you're going to lose some nutrients from the carrots and celery, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm looking for the yeah, minerals. That, yeah, that's just there for the flavor. I want yeah, the nutrients gotcha. and the flavor. So you you got to look at it from that spin, sure. not from a purist standpoint. 
Sure. And you look at it from a what's it going to be? Why, what's why it going to taste like? This? Yes. <laughs> and you want it to be able to feed your tissues so that your ligaments and your joints and your skin and nails and hair will obviously benefit from this type of nutrient load. Plus, you've got rich herbs in it, which means it's going to be tasty based on your taste buds, not necessarily what somebody else would like. Yeah, you got to do what you like. That's important. So <laughs> gelatin also is available. Uh, we have a couple kosher brands that I kind of like, yep. but you can use any type of regular gelatin and you make your own juice jello, which gives you one more layer. Just use the standard huh. recipes for jello. The only difference is you're using just Knudsen juices mm. and the gelatin to make your own juice jello, which is high nutrient impact, no colors, Minus no extra sugar. Yep. And so it becomes a very pure product. So we want to look at adding that to the diet also. And right. it would not be, uh, it would be very important to also add to the mixture the type of exercise that builds good quality bone. Okay. Uh, when you go to classes, sometimes it can be too much and they can actually hurt yourself. Yeah. So it is better, whether it be yoga or whether it be at the gym, to get a trainer okay. to individually train the individual for range of motion, increased mobility and flexibility so that your whole all your joints move and then you maybe add weight bearing exercises to your bones which means that you build bone when you move tissue okay if you're in space for example one of the big problems was yep loss of bone calcium they grow about osteoporosis two more inches, maybe. so there's a real problem there <laughs> but yeah. You, when you train yourself for range of motion, whether it be the neck, mm-hmm. you train, train yourself for having flexibility, and you do it over a period of time, and you do with weight-bearing, you never hurt yourself that way because you're doing it so gently. But the long-term application of this type of mobility, flexibility protocol with weight-bearing maybe a pound barbells sure. it could be a pound. It could be five pounds. Because as the bone bends a little bit, it, it bends. When you bend it, you build it. Yep. Gotcha. So the, that's the point. So you don't get yourself hurt by getting into exercise classes that may be well beyond your ability to do without hurting yourself. Plus a lot of those uh, exercise classes, they're not on rubber flooring by any means. It can hurt your knees yeah. and hurt your ankles. Yeah. And this is why it's also important when you're doing your exercise like walking, mm-hmm. and that is to use uneven surfaces whenever possible, like parks mm-hmm. okay. or out. Here, like on the mesa, like in the grass or sand, or something. right, because then when you step, you're going to get a balance issue that radiates from where you step all the way up to the top of your head. Hmm. Everything has to bend for you to create balance. Ah. When you're dealing with hard pavement, you're dealing with heel toe, yep. which then can cause ankle, knee, and hip joint issues, or even shin splits, depending on that's how hard right. You walk. Yeah. But yeah. if you walk on uneven surfaces then mm. it starts that ripple effect from the bottom all the way to the top to help you build exercise properly Wow! and uh, build bone. And it's important to do that type of thing. Now, those are just some of the few things on this particular part hmm. that I want to discuss. Now, in the next part two of this, okay. we want to discuss some of the individual components that fit well into the program, like boron or maybe milk basic protein, for example, improflavone, and some of the other things that you can add to your diet that will have a beneficial impact, plus some of the history 
of some of the treatment modalities, which goes back to DES hormone. Okay. Then they went from that didn't work quite very well. Okay. Uh, then to fluoride. All right. And then to this, and then to that, and then to this. And then we're going to recap what you said earlier about the tribal community, why they didn't have these issues. They didn't have the issues. <laughs> okay. And we'll recap that particular one right. because there's an interesting point that does relate to chicken soup, but not directly. Okay. It, something else, and I've consumed it. And uh, we'll talk about that. All right, I'm looking. It's like a Navajo stew. We can talk about. All right. And it does work good, just like the chicken (laughs) soup does. Wow. So on the next on our next podcast, then we will go into more details of individual nutrients and why some of them may be very valuable. I hope it's been helpful so far. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, I learned a lot. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. For more information about products mentioned in today's podcast, just go to our website, rdownsnutritioncenter.com. And once again, thank you for listening to Wellness Radio 101.